Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode three of the podcast. This is the doctor speaking, diagnosing the intersection between work and learning. I have an amazing guest for you today. Uh, I am with Judy Kay, Vice Chair of Partnerships and Programs of the World Association of Cooperative Education. I know we have, you You don't want to know what we've done to get her on this podcast today. Judy, hello. Well, hello, Trevor, and it's a great pleasure to be here today. I'm coming from Melbourne, Australia, and um, it's just wonderful to be here to talk about all things experiential learning, work integrated learning, one of my very favourite topics. It is absolutely amazing to have you. Judy, tell us a little bit more about yourself. What are all the roles you have? Are you linked to a university? Which one? I've, I've, I've had sort of been involved in three universities in Australia um, in leadership roles around uh, work integrated learning and career education. And I've also uh, found a co-founder of the Australian National Association for Work Integrated Learning, ASEN. And, uh, and then I was on the executive board of the World Association. So at the moment, I'm having, um, I'm not, not attached to a university. I'm very involved with WACE and running a whole range of programs, which I'm sure we'll discuss soon. Wow, all those titles. Amazing, amazing, amazing. We're going to be having uh, some guests in the future, listeners from ASEN, the Australia um, Cooperative Educational Network. So do keep coming back, follow us, make sure that you are keeping up to terms with the new episodes that are being released. Now, Judy, tell us a little bit about global partnerships. WACE is the International Organisation for Work Integrated Learning, and so it's been around for decades. And um, really, the focus for the World Association is on a number of things, on developing, expanding all types of experiential education. It was originally called cooperative education, but we're expanding it to all forms of work integrated learning experiential education and obviously we believe in the transformative nature of that kind of learning um, and so the focus for that for our association is around um, building institutional capability personal professional development through events symposia global conversations which i've been running over the last couple of years um, also, we've got some professional development modules for work integrated learning for both academic and professional staff. And the other couple of focuses we've got is really on research and supporting research into work integrated learning so that we can all enhance our practice around that. Um, and um, more recently, we've looked at assisting institutions in um, around student uh, students enhancing their uh, ability to undertake work integrated learning uh, through something we call the global challenge. So in these global challenges, correct mm. me if I'm wrong, when we've had conversations, so some of these, uh, particularly at the moment uh, with COVID, have been virtual with teams yeah. from all over the world and yeah. being placed anywhere in the world? Oh, well, not placed, it's actual virtual projects, but perhaps I'll just take you back a little bit. Um, in 2019, uh, the World Association, the last time we were actually all together, seems like an eternity ago, uh, we um, signed the Global Will Charter. 
and we had vice chancellors and provosts and people from all over the world signing this commitment to work integrated learning with four key aims. One was around equity of access, one was around meaningful international experience for students, another one was around increasing the intercultural um, aspects through international experiences, and an another aspect was around enhancing the quality of the experiences that students undertake. And so we did a formal signing and all these institutions. A copy of it's on the WACE website. People may be interested in looking at the WACE Work Integrated Learning Charter. And of course, this was all pre-COVID, happy, we're all happy there, eating sandwiches and signing this thing. Um, and then of course, COVID came along and we'd always wanted to help uh, expand the possibility for students to undertake international experiences. And we've done a little bit of it in the past with um, students, you know, moving from country to country. Um, some of our members were partnering with each other. It was, it was quite a bit of activity, but it's limited. I mean, there is a limit to what you can, you know, how many students you can send to Paris from Australia. There is a limit to that. And so with the advent of COVID, we partnered with Practera, which is an Australian educational technology company, and we started to pilot virtual experiences. And so the very first thing we did was a pilot. And, of, of course, I think we're all in this field. We're all into innovation, being a bit crazy. So we thought, well, you know, what could go wrong? Nothing much. Um, you know, we'll get eight institutions, 40 students. We'll put them into multidisciplinary transnational teams. We'll pair them with a client and we'll see what happens. And that's what we did in 2020 with 40 students. And unbelievably, it was a, I mean, you know, there was a very few issues. We had Practera that's our partner with this and they've got this fabulous platform. So the structure is fairly straightforward. It's a four, it's a four week program because we're very invested in the quality aspects. We do a lot of work around inducting the students. We give them a cross-cultural uh, intelligence workshop, which is run by two wonderful professional staff members, Karima Ramji from the University of Victoria and Shabnam Ikovic from the University of Waterloo in Canada. They run these workshops for the students. The students get a brief from a client. They meet. Together, they examine the client, then they meet with the client, get the scope of the problem, and then they've got two to three weeks to produce, do some work, produce a report. And then because we're very interested in the reflection component, we bring the students back and they reflect and present on it. So four-week structured program. On the platform, there's also all sorts of skill development that they go through with students. There's a self-reflection of their skills. There's peer peer reflection, um, all sorts of things going on for those four weeks. So from small beginnings in 2020, uh, we started with 40 students and eight institutions. I'm very pleased to say that the eight institutions we start, started with are still with us. Um, we've now gone to 31 institutions and we've just launched Global Challenge number three, uh, so we're up to 413 students. There's 155 students in this round, and it's spread. And, and some of the joys of this are that we've got students from 
parts of the world that would never, ever have had an international experience before, or it would have been quite difficult. So we feel that this program really does um, hit a lot of the buttons because it's, it's increasing students' intercultural awareness, it's giving access to students who wouldn't have had that experience before, the, the, the results are incredible. I mean, I'll, I'll give you some results. Um, students are reporting, 80% are reporting that they are enhancing their employability skills. Uh, they're increase, 80% saying they're increasing their networks. Many of the students become firm friends. It's quite wonderful to watch these, these, these teams. And a team could be something like a student from Botswana, a student from the United Kingdom, a student from Canada, a student from Central Asia, all working together. Teams of about five, six, all working together. And it's quite amazing to watch this, these teams gel and work through this problem that they're presented to by the client. I guess the other thing is that the self-reflection is based on the World Economic Forum 21st Century Skills. And the student, the, the, the skill sets that the students assess themselves and then rate their increased skill development, the three that are the top ones are leadership, innovation and cultural con consciousness. They're the ones that the students, the highest, I mean, they, they increase across all of them, but they're the ones that they, they've, so far, um, they're, they've identified. So um, it's been an incredible experience to watch this. Um, we've got it's across every continent. We've got students from Mexico. This time it's incredible. The other thing is a lot of these universities have students scattered all over the world. So in this round, we have a student from the University of Queensland, but they're based in Russia. We have a student based in Indonesia, but it's actually at the University of Queensland or Cincinnati University, it's all over the place. So they're, they're actually coming from everywhere. It's quite fascinating to watch. And so we're very pleased with the outcome of it. The other thing, the other, the other aspect that I think is really fascinating is that the, um, the, the, the clients are coming from an even broader range of countries. So we've got clients from all sorts of sectors uh, you know, water, electricity, not-for-profit, human resources, business. In this particular global challenge we're running at the moment, they're coming from the clients are based in Thailand, Cambodia, China, the Netherlands, the United Kingdom. Uh, it goes on and on. It, it's just fascinating. Um, so Practira sources the clients for us. The projects are all based on the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And so the students also learn about the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So it's really been a great success. Uh, we're growing from going from strength to strength. So it's uh, uh, it's fantastic. Maybe I should give you some ideas of what projects the students do. Would that be useful, Trevor? Judy, I, I'm catching my breath. Oh my <laughs> goodness. That was absolutely amazing. Readers, we're going to put all of the links that Judy has mentioned. Uh, we'll put this as part of the description of the podcast so you can uh, get some of the detail. Um, she mentioned the, the Economic Forum, the UN Sustainability Goals, uh, the Waste Global Project. We'll put that up there. Actually, the charter was actually also discussed in a chapter in a book uh, that we had produced uh, last year in 2021. So we'll put that link up there for you as well so you can actually go and see the development of this charter and, 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 and a little bit more detail. Judy, please, yes, tell us some of the projects and also tell our readers 
how they mm -hmm. can get involved if they are institutions or industries or students. Okay, well, I'll, I'll start with the projects to give you a sense of it. The first thing to say is that these teams are multidisciplinary teams, and there's a lot of strength in multidisciplinary teams. We always say to institutions, your, your engineering students are not going to build a bridge. You know, that, they're not going to. So the, the projects are sort of more generic in nature, if you like. But there's all sorts of things here. So they, uh, one um, educational technology company got the students to design a learning dashboard for them. Some member organisations get their, their services benchmarked with other like organisations globally. Some organisations want a competitor analysis done. I've seen a couple where they've asked for investigations of where they can get seeding funds or sort of um, growth funds. A number of them want marketing strategies or how to, and some not-for-profits want to engage with, them, uh, with the communi communicate with members better. Uh, one memorable project was an organisation, not-for-profit organisation in Canada, wanted some analysis of the environmental impact of the clothing industry. And uh, the students, when they presented this, one of the, I said to one of the students, oh, you know, what discipline are you from? And he was from aviation engineering or something. Absolutely nothing to do with it. Like what the students learn very quickly, because the students are also undergraduate and postgraduate mixed up, and which is replicating what a what the workforce is. I mean, you know, when you go to the workforce, people have got all sorts of different qualifications. But what we get them to do is to start to talk about the skills they can contribute to the team. And so, of course, in every team, there's an analytical part, there might be a communication part. And so we find that the students find their niche and are able to then utilise the skills from their degree. And so the aviation engineering student was, was enraptured with this project. He, he found it really interesting and stepped a little bit outside obviously his normal discipline studies, but he was able to apply his skills and see what the skills the other students could bring to it. So it's absolutely fascinating because we get them to reflect uh, at their reflection session, not only on the project and what they did, but how they did it and what worked and what didn't work. And we also get them to think very carefully about how they're going to articulate this experience into future interviews into future, you know, how they're going to use this experience. That gives you a little insight um, into the sort of things. Each time we do it, there's a whole new set of projects. We've also got clients that come back time after time. So we've got a one of our, our partners is a member, is Western Digital, which is the largest manufacturing uh, manufacturer in Thailand. They make all the sort of insides of computers and storage systems and things. And they do some fascinating projects, which are sort of around STEM education in primary school, all sorts of things. It's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. So we've got clients that come back as well as institutions that come back. So from a little beginning, the little pilot, it's really grown. To answer your question, how can people get involved? Well, on the WASTE website, there's a link to, there's a link to uh, if people want inquiries. And the new dates for 2022 are up on the website. So that will be, uh, so people can have a look. Uh, we then run information sessions for institutions um, and there's a frequently asked questions because there's lots of questions people might have. I suppose the, the last aspect that I perhaps should talk about is the fact that 
A number of institutions that started with us as a pilot did it as a co-curricular activity, and now a number of institutions are starting to build it into their curriculum. So we've got some students who do it for credit, and so between Practira and WACE, we then support the academic staff if they want to look on the platform, if they, if they want to come to some of the orientation sessions, whatever they need to do to enable that academic credit. So that's a, that, from our perspective, is a really great progress that, you know, obviously some will always be co-curricular, but if some academics feel they can build it into their curriculum, that's fantastic. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Now, uh, listeners, you've been hearing since uh, the first episode uh, that myself at Pearson College London, we are going to be putting on an unconference starting from the 1st of July 2022. And as part of the, the, the collaborative networking activities that will be available uh, on our landing page, we will be having video profiles. Now, what the video profiles is all about is in the world of work integrated learning, we're giving organizations such as WACE the opportunity to advertise, to promote what they do to a wider audience. And so do make sure that you sign up to the unconference and you'll then also be able to see a, a promotional video about the global partnerships that WACE is offering uh, on the unconference website. Now, Judy, one of the interesting things as I'm listening to you, and, and this is the theme of the unconference, new challenges, new solutions. Yeah. As you've been speaking, three of the big things that I think are emerging, you mentioned interdisciplinary work, uh, yes. this globalization, this global citizens, and technology, the way that we are innovating. From yes. your perspective, having uh, been involved in, in, in these global partnership um, projects, what do you think are the emerging problems within work integrated learning um, that is beginning to surface and emerge? Well, I mean, we've got some challenges, but always the challenges, the flip side of the opportunities. But um, you're right. I think, you know, technology is, is well, technology is, is fantastic uh, and has enabled the Global Challenge Program, which is student program. But the flip side of it is that even though we're trying to give access if people don't have bandwidth or they don't have, you know, we've got some countries where the internet's being turned off. I mean, literally, we've got students at the moment in, in, in some countries, you know, so there is issues with bandwidth. If you, if you can't get the bandwidth, there's a serious challenge for you in every sphere, but undertaking your work integrated learning or it's, it's a real problem. I think that... The, the, the moment we've got an opportunity for lots and lots and lots of innovation and, and you can see it everywhere, everyone's innovating. But one of the things that I think we're lacking sometimes is institutional understanding and leadership. And, and so I think in order to innovate and to move the dial in lots of these ways, from my experience, you know, and, and from some of the research we did around innovation in working to grade learning in Australia, it's a project I led a few years ago, we discovered that if you don't have leadership that understands working to grad learning can support it, then there's a number of things that don't happen. So for innovation, sometimes it, you know, it, it requires timetables changed or um, access to technology or there might be a boot camp that goes all weekend, so you've got to tell the cleaners not to turn the lights off and throw everyone out. I mean, that, they're silly operational things, but, but, but there's also the resourcing 
and the understanding that staff need to have capability building. There's some other work we've been doing around capability building and identifying where the gaps are in professional development. And not every country has a national association, um, which is where many of us get our professional development and, and through waste, we do a lot of events and things, but you know, building that capability. So for example, in the 31 institutions that are doing the global challenge as a small example, some of the institutions are very new to work integrated learning and some of them have been doing it for decades. And so there's a big disparity in people's capability, staff's capability and, and understanding. Equity and access is always a challenge for different cohorts. And as I said, you know, we're, we're bumping up against it with the global challenge sometimes in some countries where there's that bandwidth issue. We can also look at the opportunities that um, having leadership at a national level um, not only the national associations, but when you look at countries where governments are investing wisely, in my view, in working to greater learning because the benefits are so enormous, like Canada, for example, um, you know, we, we deal every week with different countries and institutions in different countries. And there, you know, I, I won't name the countries, but there are a number of, a number of them where they're struggling to get leadership at, at a government level to understand, you know, the importance of working to greater learning. So there's some of the challenges that, that I see. I guess the uncertainty of COVID is, is a challenge, but, you know, I really do think that has shaken us up and given us licence to do lots of things quickly. When COVID struck in 2020, um, I was very active with the Australian Association and with linking with the Canadians and the New Zealanders and all over the place, coming together of people, the sharing, the all the ideas that flourished and all the innovation was fantastic. And we, we thought it would be over in a year or two, and it doesn't look like it is over yet. But innovation does come out of these challenging times. But I do think with some leadership and some support where needed, we can get much further. Brilliant. Thank you very much. We're coming in for landing. Cabin crew, prepare for landing. Thank you. Uh, our last little plug um, there oh. is a waste symposium happening on the 31st of August. Do you want to just plug that for the readers? What is this about that waste is putting on in Japan, of all places? Well, it, it is in Japan, but never fear for people who don't feel they'll either be able to travel or get the possibility of travelling. It's going to be online as well. So waste runs a number of events. We run um, every second year a world conference and and the other year, a research symposium. So this research symposium, which is going to be hosted by Kanazawa Institute of Technology in Japan, is focused on research. And all the research, all the up-to-date research, and all the best researchers in working to grade learning around the world will be giving um, presentations about what, they're, they're, what, what they've been uh, investigating over the last year or two. So it really is focused on research. And um, so, you know, there, there's a link on the WASTE website. Registrations will open soon. Well, it will be open, are open. Um, and um, the program will be announced very shortly. And anyway, it will be, it will definitely be in person. So as well. So if anyone feels they can get to Japan, I think you will be very warmly welcomed. And uh, my experience of conferences in Japan, I've been to one and a, a wonderful experience. So, yes. 
Thank you very much, Judy. And as always, uh, listeners, uh, we will have all of those links uh, in the description, uh, including some more resources as well. Uh, Judy was talking about the capability of staff. Um, do look at the description in this podcast for some uh, programs and training opportunities as well that we'll be listing there for you. What a jam-packed session we have had. Judy, thank you very much. Uh, I look at you with some envy uh, in Australia with the lovely sunshine. In England, it's very cloudy and cold. Um, have a wonderful uh, evening. Yes, it's evening there. Um, evening. And thank you again for joining us. Well, it's been my pleasure, Trevor, and it it's, uh, has been very hot, but not that hot today. So um, it is very sunny at the moment. But uh, thanks very much. A great pleasure to speak to everyone. Thanks very much. Thanks, listeners. We'll see you next time for episode four. Bye now. You've been listening to the doctor, and he just dissected the intersection between work and learning. 